This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra-stylish, premium-quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin One Expandable Backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin One is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code RNRTAKE30. That's RNRTAKE30 at TaskinSF.com. Welcome back to Rick and Rick Rule the World. Rick Matheson and Rick Wooten. And it is time for the good, the bad, and the marketing. And first at bat is this new <laughs> ring drone from Amazon thing that you sent me, which is described as a first-of-its-kind indoor security camera for your home that flies around custom flight paths so you can see what's happening around your home no matter where you are. Kind of reminded me of like a Keelix, Jarrell's drone assistant in the Man of Steel, the way those things kind of floated around oh, yeah. and stuff. This is pretty cool, but... Uh, I don't know. What was your take? I, I thought it was a joke. To be honest with you, I thought it was a joke. At first. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, we've we've got a little drone that like, you know, when you're away from the house, you can push a button and it will fly around and look for any. It's like, what's next? We're going to add a shotgun and then we're going to do a flamethrower. And then like, I, I just I just thought it was a joke at first. But it, no, it's a real thing. And, you know, I, I guess instead of putting a bunch of cameras all over your house, you can train this drone camera so that when you're away from home, you can hit a button and it will fly a designated path that you define and it will show you that view. And so you can you can go through each of the rooms in your house and make sure that that, you know, the dogs are not on the, the bed and the cat isn't on the counter or whatever it is, or, you know, somebody didn't break into your garage. So I thought that was, I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I don't know that it solves the problem that I have, but somehow I, I still thought it was pretty cool and almost won't. <laughs> what would you, what'd you think I about it? I thought it was cool that it was doing its rounds, but I, I don't know. Why would I get this when Tesla bots will do the same thing for thousands of dollars more? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking the Tesla bots are going to be bulletproof. <laughs> well, speaking of flamethrowers, let's not forget that, uh, you know, Elon Musk's boring company created a uh, mini flamethrower that you can buy for yourself. So if Tesla was going to build this, I'm pretty sure it's going to have a flamethrower. It's going to be bulletproof. So I don't know. This may just be a preview of what we're going to see, at least hypothetically. I don't know. I'll believe I see the Tesla bots when I actually see them, but it uh, could be a, a look at the future. And by the way, this is one of a, a few devices that they announced. I think they're calling them day one editions. Actually, they're all pre-announcements. None of these are actually truly day one. So I'm not sure why they call them day one. They're invite only. You have to basically beg them to sell you whatever it is. There were three that caught my eye. The first one, uh, I think it was called Amazon Glow. And it's basically, you, you have those vertical phone stands where, you know, maybe they charge your phone. So you drop your phone in there and, it, you know, it kind of sits upright. It's, it's about the same size as that with your phone in it. And what it has is a mini projector on the top and a, and a screen where your phone would be. And so on the screen, you can communicate with somebody. In this case, it's showing grandma. Yeah. And it will project a shared image back and forth that you can interact with. And so basically, it's become kind of like an interactive table that both sides can interact with. So, you know, your grandparents and the kids or, you know, whatever. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. The second one was what they called Astro. And if you remember that show called The Jetsons. Yes. Yes. So they created a dog. And so it's got a screen and it runs around and I, I don't know what all it does. I guess it's just kind of like a home monitoring thing. But, you know, trust me, it won't be too long before somebody figures out how to put a cooler on the back and have it bring you beers. So they came out with a robot dog. They came out with, you know, this little projector green thing for the tabletop and then the drone video surveillance. So what I like is they're obviously out there trying some edgy stuff. And so that's usually, you know, how we change an industry, right? You, you try some things until 
you find one that really sticks. And it looks like Amazon's trying to be that yeah, company now. It's, it is interesting. And kudos to them for trying. Maybe the whole Jetson family's on the way. Yeah. Next up, speaking of throwbacks to the Jetsons, <laughs> this next story cracked me up. So Adweek says that you'd better fasten your meatbelts because the ride-sharing brand Lyft recently did this co-promotion that has a first name that's O-S-C-A-R, and it's also got a second name, M-A-Y-E-R, as in giving passengers rides in the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Do you remember the Wienermobile from way back when? I do, I do. And you know, they have a fleet of them. Like when we were a kid, I think they had one, but they, they have a fleet of them. I don't know how many they have, but people spot them all over the country. Well, and this one in the story is like a bus. I mean, it fits multiple people in it. And I think it may be double-decked. I can't remember. But uh, this, I guess, happened a couple weeks ago. And it involved promotions in Los Angeles, Atlanta, Chicago, and New York, which would work with the fleet. I hate to think they had, someone had to drive the single wiener mobile all over the place. But people who ordered a Lyft XL had the chance to be, quote-unquote, lucky dogs and show up at their destination getting out of the Oscar Mayer wiener mobile. According to the pub, passengers even got a t-shirt some kind of branded face mask, and then something called a weenie whistle. I don't know what that is, but it sounded like a fun promotion, and it had me thinking, hell, why isn't MGM doing the same thing with 007's Aston Martin right about now to celebrate No Time to Die? You know, come on, people, get with the program. Even Oscar Mayer's doing this stuff. Look like a fun promotion, but would you want to get out of the Wienermobile at your destination? Well... Kind of. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious. Like, I, I'm trying to say no, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it'd, I think it'd be a lot of fun. You know, I just while we we're talking, I, I pulled up the Oscar Mayer website just because I was curious. And I, I think there are six Wienermobiles in their fleet, by the way, is the answer. Okay. Did, did I take a guess? When do you think they created the, f- the first Wienermobile? Oh, that was drivable? I, I want to say 1970s, maybe? 1936, and it was created- That long back. Yep. It was created yeah. by Carl Meyer. Uh, I guess one of the founders, or maybe somebody related to the founder, actually created the first wow. one. You know, next time you play Trivial Pursuit, if anyone ever plays Trivial Pursuit anymore, that's that's a good bit of trivia to know, for sure. You said 1936? Yeah. Wow. 1936. That's a brand that has lasted and is still coming up with fun things to do, even with the Wienermobile. So kudos to them. You know, I would, I would want to, I would, I'd want to go to barbecue and show up dressed as like mustard or you know, yeah, ketchup, you know, like ketchup. Totally. Bottle. I just think that'd be hilarious. Jumping out of the Wienermobile. I don't know. Yeah, could be fun. See, that's what's your next party. Maybe, maybe I need to grow up one of these days. No, never. Don't, don't ever say that. <laughs> Oh, and even better, they they have a, a toy winter mobile made by Hot Wheels. Of course they do. Of course they do. That's <laughs> awesome, actually. I don't know if they've been acquired time and again. I don't know who currently owns them or if it's still the original company, but that is a brand that has lasted and that, that folks trust. Speaking of which, Newsweek and BrandSpark, they've released their list of America's most trusted brands for 2022 across a wide array of categories. And it's even broken down by region and by gold, silver, and bronze. And uh, definitely want to take a look at the full list yourself. There, there's some interesting examples here. So in food delivery, DoorDash is tops, followed by Uber Eats, and then Grubhub brings up the rear end. Ride sharing, Uber, and then Lyft. In online payments, 
PayPal takes gold, and it looks like nobody else ranked in silver or bronze for that category, which I thought was interesting. Health and fitness, gold is Planet Fitness, silver is the YMCA, and nobody ranked bronze. So my first thought is huge opportunity in the gym category right now if, if these are the only brands making the list. Maybe, maybe gyms are just too regional, I don't know. Family dining, depending on the region, it's either Applebee's or Olive Garden, <laughs> and it's a tie, which also made me think there's plenty of opportunity in that category too. Most trusted chicken, fast food chain. KFC gets gold, Chick-fil-A second, and then Popeye's third. That surprised me because in most of the surveys that we have shared on the show, it seems like Chick-fil-A always ends up on top there. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical on the list. I And I noticed this when you sent it over. There's a whole lot of categories where there's only a gold, right? And so it kind of feels like they almost artificially made it too detailed. Like there's too many categories. Yeah. Well, and the credit cards were broken down by every possible type of, you know, cashback credit card and, you know, points credit card or whatever. And this list overall made me wonder if it's like rice and trout from way back would talk about how if you're a brand, you want to be first in mind. And if you can't be first in mind, you want to be different. And their view was always that Coca-Cola was first in mind and that it was distribution. That Coca-Cola after World War II was essentially ubiquitous and even today is at every, you know, major venue, major event and that kind of thing. And that's why it has been number one. This list made me wonder, especially when it's broken down by region, if it's one, the brand that you can think of, and two, that it's big in your particular region. I would be very interested to see the survey, how it asks the questions. I don't think it was prompted. I think it is unprompted. You know, literally, what is your favorite? And, and not throwing any names out there, because one, it might have mixed things up, or two, at least fleshed out silver and bronze in some of these. So it may be literally what people could remember. But uh, I thought it was an interesting list. Definitely Marketers want to check this out. Now, on the flip side of all this is America's most hated brands, supposedly. So Fast Company, they have a story that is at least based on analysis of Twitter posts. So that's a very specific data point when you review this list. America's most hated brands are some of the same brands listed as some of the most trusted, including Uber. So it was most trusted in the other survey and is the most hated in this one. Number two is Lego. Third most hated brand is Sony. Fourth is Microsoft. Fifth is Netflix. Sixth is Red Bull. Seventh is Nestle, eight is ESPN, nine is Toyota, and 10 is Tesla. I, I clicked through a little bit further into the hated brands by state, which I thought was kind of interesting. So, you know, Uber made the top of the list here in California. Number one hated brand in California is Uber. But then you start getting into other ones and you kind of wonder what the story is. So like as an example, in Washington state, uh, Netflix by far is the one hated brand, uh, like 74%. And so you got to wonder, well, is there like a, you know, like they don't get good service up there. Like, you know, there's whatever. And then uh, Wisconsin hates Ferrari, like 75%. And it's like, well, OK, so that's kind of interesting. Is it like an American car company area? And so they, they just hate things that are not American. It's like so it makes you wonder what some of the stories are behind this. Uh, you mentioned Lego, Utah, uh, Louisiana and Illinois are the three that just can't stand Lego. And, and again, why? Like Mississippi hates Chanel. I don't think about Chanel enough to hate Chanel. Like New Hampshire hates Amazon, by the way. I thought that was pretty funny. I'm, I'm assuming New Hampshire and New Mexico, they, they must kind of be in a, in a spot where they don't get packages quickly <laughs> or something like that. Now, here, this one actually kind of cracked me up. The number one hated brand in Alaska is Starbucks. <laughs> if anybody needs a hot cup of coffee, it's people in Alaska. So I'm not sure what that's about. 
this is based on Twitter sentiment, which means, well, where do you go to complain about customer service? You go to Twitter. The driver doesn't show up. You complain about Uber on Twitter. Lego, the pieces are missing from the box you just bought. Sony, I don't know what that would be. Maybe it's, I don't know how to get the remote to work or something like that. But I have to take this one with a huge grain of salt. One, because of where the sentiment is based on. And two, they must have gone and just counted how many negative comments there were on Twitter for each of these brands. You gotta, I gotta, I gotta wonder. Some people enjoy hating, right? They enjoy complaining. I mean, there's like, if you look at TikTok, you look at, you know, YouTube, there's, there's whole channels dedicated to just, you know, trash talking X, Y, or Z. So you, you gotta wonder if some of that is just that. It's kind of like um, uh, Stephen Van Bellingham. He's this customer experience expert. He often uses Pixar's Inside Out. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the movie Inside Out, he says that it offers insight into this kind of dynamic. Inside Out is about a girl, uh, she moves, I think she moves to San Francisco with her family and uh, everything's fine at first, but after a while she starts to deal with some emotional turmoil or issues. And as Stephen Van Bellingham has put it, he likes to put it, it says the, the man upstairs designed us a little oddly in the emotions department because we only have five emotions and four of them are negative. Our only positive emotion, according to the movie and Stephen Van Bellingham is, is joy, while the other four are sadness, fear, anger, and disgust. And his point is that customers are far much less likely to go out of their way to say something good about a brand than they are to say something negative. It's just not the way we're wired. And one of the things that Stephen Van Bellingham says too is because of this dynamic, he says you need to do everything that you can in your CX to make it seamless so that there's space to create some joy. You don't want people to get frustrated straight up at the beginning of the experience. You want them to be able to use your services seamlessly and smoothly so that you can create some positive feelings. So anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. And here we've been able to tie in a Pixar animated movie into things. <laughs>